Hey guys, welcome to another podcast episode here on the channel of Finesse Your Fitness and Finance. I'm your host, Nick. And Jack. Hi guys, uh, this is a part two. We're going to um, just pick up right where we left off the last episode. And just to give them a recap of uh, what we were talking about, it's about uh, establishing the basic foundations to a healthy lifestyle and creating those mental tricks, you know, just through, you know, having a place to start at. And uh, Jack being a personal trainer, he has a lot of tips and tricks to help us along. And if you guys are just now catching our uh, part two, make sure you go and listen, watch, hear, however you want to, you know, approach it. Uh, part one. So, Jack, if you want to continue, my man. Yeah, I'm going to jump straight into it. We uh, we were talking about the six principles of fitness, uh, starting with uh, the mind-muscle connection and that strength, building the muscle side of things, you know, burning fat, optimizing that. The way we burn fat, optimizing uh, just the way we shape our workouts to have a good balance, uh, focusing on flexibility, focusing on balance. Uh, we talked. We ended there with uh, reflexes, which is something is always uh, overlooked. And I want to end there talking with reflexes about how we can implement it with our workouts. Um, I know that can be kind of harder thing to do because uh, most weights aren't supposed to be flying around and flying at you. But a simple tool you could use is just a wall and a ball, uh, or maybe like those mini trampolines that a lot of gyms have, and a little medicine ball. Just uh, throwing medicine balls at it. Uh, catching the rebound but that's this uh you know uh the simple start there and then you can start implementing different workouts whether they be squats you know doing some balance work that's another thing i like to do is i'll combine uh the trampoline medicine ball and then the bosu ball i'll have my client stand on there we'll of course start small start easy we'll start with uh just the ground and then the medicine ball but we'll work our way up and i have some clients you know doing squats throwing the ball and catching it while on a BOSU ball. And a lot of these people are, I feel like, still just in disbelief that they're doing stuff like this because it looks crazy and it sounds crazy, but the amount of uh, improvement you can see with just consistency is astounding. Never know how much you can do until you actually do it, Jack. Absolutely. You're a good, you're, one of your defining traits is you push people – when they when they're uncomfortable and you're really good at getting them out of their uh, comfort zone, so I appreciate that, and I feel like I really do strive to do that because um, it's it's something that'd be hard to do, but a little push can go a long way. So uh, yeah, those are the six, um, and now I kind of want to talk about implementing them into a workout program overall. Obviously, you uh, aren't going to be able to do all six every single time, and that's fine. But just having a good balance of low-intensity cardio at least a couple times a week, you know, some resistance training a couple times a week, some more body weight, body-oriented exercises, you know, whether they be lunges, you know, like push-up walks, just different stuff that's going to require more uh, control and more, ab, uh, you know, ab control and balance. And just, you know, using stuff that is moving at you, you know, maybe throwing balls in the air or just, you know, playing catch. It doesn't have to be, again, as I always preach, you know, workouts are not limited to being in a gym. You know, maybe you're going outside playing golf. Maybe you're 
you know, just throwing a baseball, doing stuff like that. Just really try and hit a little bit of these at least every week. And uh, I kind of like to move on into, we talked about a bunch of just simple things and how we uh, go about having a healthier, uh, you know, lifestyle and in, in our fitness side of things. But now let's talk about just outside of fitness, outside of working out, talking about nutrition and diet and uh how do you, what are some steps you've taken on your, on the nutrition side of things since you've uh, started 54 weeks ago? Well, for me, the, the, when I first started, you know, going to 54 weeks, it, it was, it was more or less, I knew I needed to have a foundation. I needed to prescribe to that consistency. I needed to sit there and just hit it. And then when I was confident that, you know, given the amount of weeks I was at, I think I was like week 25 where it just came down to I'm at the gym almost every day. And I'm like, I really want to get more out of my gains. I came to the realization that I, I just wasn't eating healthy. And so yeah. I, I started to honestly, I, I started to look up, you know, videos on, you know, what do people do? Like, what's the quickest way to do this? And I started to look into uh, people I knew like, hey, what do you do? You know, like you have a busy lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. And so kind of just came to the uh, conclusion that the, the best way, and I kind of got this from like a, just bodybuilders in general, they uh, they swore up and down eating three things, chicken, broccoli, and rice. And when I tell you that my diet is now chicken, broccoli, rice, it's it, it's it's not exactly like that. I, I kind of looked at it as the idea of I'm replacing five meals a week and implementing chicken, broccoli, and rice with, you know, either with an Italian seasoning on my chicken and then using some kind of hot sauce on my broccoli. Maybe I'm eating a plane and I'm, I'm just trying to eat a little healthier and be more conscientious of it. And I've definitely seen myself be, more effective towards losing weight and it was that entire switch of just i'm replacing five meals i'm not eating five meals and it was like okay i can definitely replace five meals instead of eating a cake i'm eating rice instead of eating you know that piece of pizza i'm okay i've got a bowl of chicken and broccoli and so god knows i love chinese food so uh, you know, I I don't mind it. I can probably eat it every single day, but it's uh that's that's just a me thing. Other people they they have their own ways of doing it. They need variety, so that's how I approached it, Jack. But you know, I know you do things a little differently. Uh, that I do. But uh, before we move on to me, I kind of so you said it was tw- twenty five days until you started kind of making changes. So. Sorry, first- 25 weeks. Sorry, oh, week 25, okay. I believe. Yep. That's what I meant to say. Uh, 25 weeks into this until you started making a change. So in that, that 25 weeks, like, that's that's a, that's seven-ish months. Like, that's a long time. So uh, did you see progress? Obvi- uh, I'm guessing it wasn't the progress you wanted, but you saw some progress, right, with all that fitness, all that dedication into working out? Well, for me, when... You know, we just discussed it in part one. It was all about building that foundation. It's like I'd spent almost three years in, between going from 
COVID this, COVID that, and being, you know, sick just like everybody else was. And then also having to work at work full time and then go to school and blah, blah, blah. And so I basically lost everything I had swimming collegiately and everything. And I, uh, I just, came to the conclusion I really needed to build my body back up and at the time I was trying to go to the gym every day and uh, sometimes I'd only have 20 minutes other times I'd have 45 minutes and you know I got what I could and so I started building up just like we talked discussed in the uh, part one of this video see I see I was just uh I was asking because I just kind of wanted to make a point that uh no matter how consistent you are and how much you do dedicate how much time and effort you dedicate into that fitness aspect of it this uh this is a uh a fact and uh 70 to 80 percent that of that like that work that contributes to your overall health is going to be through that nutrition and that 10 percent range you know that's where the factors like body type like metabolism like genetics and you know your diet uh play a factor but um, that like 70 to 80% is that diet. And I'm sure like once you started from wow. five to week 54, now that you started meal prepping, which we haven't even touched on because I know you've been doing that and actually cutting out some of those unwanted processed foods. It definitely, and I'm sure you've seen some uh, almost yeah. growth there. Yeah, no, I've, uh, I've started to get to the point where I, I lost like 20, 30 pounds and now I'm building muscle and it's like, I can, I can feel it, you know? So it's, uh, I think you're most definitely right in that aspect, Jack. Awesome. And so like continuing on with, uh, uh, nutrition side of things, um, I'm not a nutritionist and uh, I will never touch on, you know, any diets and uh, specific regiments uh, about that. But I don't promote them overall anyways because my theme, you know, the thing I always push is just taking small, subtle steps to overall better the quality of your life and your live a healthy lifestyle. So uh, the first really really helpful tool i want to touch on and this is not like a sponsorship or anything i would love for it to be but uh this app <laughs> i love it so much it's changed my life it really it really has like in a good way um and it's called yuka so uh yuka, it's called what yuka y-u-k-a all right man we better get sponsored by them in the next episode <laughs> we'll, we'll work on it we're Hopefully we'll we'll get there. So Yuka is a bar scanner app. It's very simple to use. Uh, their logo is like this carrot, and you just scan barcodes of anything you consume, uh, food, and then health wise as well and cosmetics. So uh, what it does is it'll uh, pull up the product. It'll pull up uh, the positive and negatives of it. It'll place all the substrates. You know if the sugar if it has. A good amount of sugars for the serving size, uh, how much saturated fat, non-saturated, how much sodium, all the additives, the fibers, you know, just all the different stuff in there. It'll tell you uh, what it rates out of 100 based off the overall uh, health summary of it. And the best part about it is with these additives I touched on, it'll tell you each specific additive in it, break it down, 
how harmful it is. Every single ingredient it rates it, it's got that scale. It's all color coordinated, so color coordinated, so it makes it very visually like you know easy to comprehend. Uh, all the good stuff is green, all the bad stuff's red, and yellow and orange is in the middle. And uh, it's just really, really simple and just really opened your mind. It uh, it definitely uh, adds some time to a lot of stuff. And when you're shopping, you know, you have to scan all your different choices and it takes a while. But it's great because it just informs you. So when you press on these additives and you're looking at each one, it doesn't just tell you what it does for the food and what it does to your body, but it goes far as, say, how it's used overall in the food industry and what the long-term effects are. So it really does, like, educate you. And, uh, again, once you're consistent with it, you just overall kind of remember the different brands and the different products that you commonly shouldn't buy and you buy. And the best part about this is it doesn't just tell you, oh, no, you can't have this. Oh, th this is good. This is bad. All these uh, bad rated items, it gives its own recommendations about all the brands it would recommend instead. And uh, they're all pretty popular, so you can buy them at all, the majority of stores and online, of course. And it's just, it makes shopping healthier that much easier. Again, a little more time consuming in the beginning, but it just, it has greatly improved my consciousness of what I'm consuming. That's awesome, man. I, I got to ask, though, is this a tool you use in your 75 heart? I mean, uh, we've we've talked about this in length. We've posted videos about it. You know, I, at this point, I, I think everybody knows that you're doing the 75 heart challenge. But does is this a tool you use to kind of figure out all of your meals? Ooh, this is how I... Uh not only shape my diet but it's really like it really does like just help me maintain my diet as a whole because i don't choose this very specific diet i'm just trying to avoid processed foods i'm trying to avoid those unwanted you know the bad cholesterol your your unwanted cholesterol and your un unwanted fats and sugars and this is just helps me buy the right things because it's all about what you buy you know so we take that time on those sundays you know and I can't even take credit. Like, I discovered this app through my girlfriend, Ashley, and she uh, used it well before me. And it's just really been an amazing uh, influence on my life. No, it's awesome, man. It's always nice to have people that are positive in that aspect and that give you that kind of, they, they give you that kind of, like, a different perspective on how to approach a problem because, for me, just thinking about it, like I'm always on the road, right? And so it's like, how do I, how do I eat healthy? And so part of the thing I used, to, like I do right now, is I'll go to Subway and I'll go and I'll have myself a nice ham and cheese sandwich, and it's just that's how I try to stay healthier. And I mean, all the options I have typically are fast food, like McDonald's and sometimes anything at a gas station or it's just like subway is just a really nice uh convenient way of getting a nutritious meal and the fact that ashley was able to give you that kind of tool just to help you out even more it's like hell i'm yeah. gonna have to start using this app i definitely encourage you to i encourage every one of my clients to and honestly uh the results have been like astounding like every almost everyone that I've showed did follow up and use it 
you know, they trust me it was work it worth it, and they all found out for themselves that it was worth it, and they recommend it to their friends. Like, I really like, I really do, really have all like the faith in this app. I love it. Uh, another thing about this app I briefly mentioned is it's not just about food. It's all about the uh, beauty aspect of things because just like the food, the food industry, the the beauty industry, and the cosmetics is ran through with a lot of very unwanted and unhealthy uh, chemicals and additives. And uh, it's very important that you're aware of what you're putting on your body consistently because anything you put on your body is going to be absorbed through your skin, you know, into your body. And all of these doses is, you know, it's not toxic and unhealthy and these small doses we're using, but using it over and over and over is when it becomes a problem. And that's how these companies are able to get away with having all these toxic, you know, chemicals in our food and in our, uh, you know, beauty products. Is because again, in the serving size it's sold, it is fine. Like it is not lethal and it's not, you know, harmful. But it, they're designed you know to be used true? consistently. What? I think either maybe not next podcast episode or I just. Sometime in the future, we should have you, me, and your girlfriend, Ashley, just because, you know, our audience doesn't know who we're talking about. Um, I think we should all sit down and we should discuss, like, that should be our topic where we discuss, like, the, you know, the health effects of makeup and, like, whether or not certain things are good for you, certain things are bad for you, blah, blah, blah. And I think that Ashley could give a lot of perspective where males just kind of fail. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because you and I can talk about it all day, every day, but it's just like a fresh perspective, especially from the female category. Perspective of females, and you know, hopefully, we do have some of those, uh, you know, female uh, females out there who are listening to us. And I want to, you know, offer as much as we can. I also feel like you know, you know, it's time we started having these guests, and I feel like she would be an amazing first guest for. Her. Hundred percent. We'll uh, we'll have to uh, talk about that later. But for now, was there anything else you wanted to talk about as far as uh, nutrition and uh, just in, like how does your meal prep go? Because I talked about mine for a little bit with the chicken, the broccoli, and the rice. As bland as that sounds. No, absolutely. I'll get into that. And right before I do, I want to touch on one more thing. That is, again, just a little bit simpler before we talk about prepping for our meals and what meat, what we should eat and what we shouldn't. Let's talk about uh, taking advantage of our metabolism cycle. So all the different oh. systems in our body are all in a natural cycle and our metabolism is as well. And we want to take advantage of that. So when we go to sleep, you know, uh, either however many hours it is, you know, six, eight, ten hours of sleep, if you're that lucky. Your body, you know, your it does not use as much energy, and it definitely is not going to metabolize as much because you. I mean, unless you're eating a lot right before bed, like it's just not going to need it. So your metabolism slows down about two to three hours before you typically go to sleep, and it never shuts down when you sleep, but it just stays at a very slow pace. And uh, so, just a small trick you can do, which this isn't fun and. I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here. This is a one of my biggest struggles as well, but trying to make dinner your last meal of the day, trying not to eat two to three hours before bed when it's slowing down. Because 
when your metabolism is slowing down, if you're giving it more than it needs, all that extra, uh, all those extra substrates are just going to, you know, like they're going to, all the fat's going to be thrown to the side and reserved for later. And that's where it's building up in unwanted ways. So just try and take advantage of it slowing down and not eating those lightning munchies, you know. Usually, you know, I eat dinner, I do, you know, the rest of what I got to do for the day, lay down, we watch Netflix, and I'm either craving something sweet or salty, one of the two, you know, and just trying to avoid those temptations can really help, or just at least portioning them at the least. And then in the morning, so uh, when you wake up, your metabolism just does instantly kick back up to the pace uh, throughout the day, you know, it needs something to kickstart it. So I really do encourage people eating something earlier the better i'm not talking about some big hearty breakfast just something small to kickstart it a cup of water and a piece of fruit or a granola bar um a protein shake or smoothie would be you know a good combination for the two just something to kickstart it get it going and then maybe have your you know bigger breakfast uh, a couple hours later so just taking advantage of your metabolism cycle can really help and that's uh, just a small thing that if you can get down, it will really help. And that's not, you know, just talking about changing your diet, what, you, what you're eating. It's just talking about when you're eating, you know, and how you're doing it. Spacing out your meals is going to help, you know. People, we're all traditioned to having three normal, you know, three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, you know, this is nice, but sometimes it's to just take advantage of the way your metabolism works make those three meals smaller, proper portion, and then have two lighter meals in between, you know, to hold you over. So you are eating a little bit every few hours. Because when you go in long periods of time without eating, your stomach shrinks and your metabolism slows down a little bit. Uh, I'm sure people have noticed this. Like, whenever you eat, go, or like eat very little or go very long time without, when you do eat, you can't eat as much as you normally could because your stomach shrunk a bit. So, uh... Just being aware of this, and there's just small things you can do to change, you know, how much and how you eat to just really maximize the efficiency there. Yeah, I mean, you and I talked about this briefly a couple weeks back where I told you, yeah, I don't really eat much for breakfast. I just, you know, I go into lunch, I eat, you know, I don't eat a hearty meal. I just kind of eat whatever, you know, my meal prep, and I'm usually good for the rest of the day until dinner. And then, you, you were telling me all about this and I was like, that's a kick-ass idea. And so I started to, uh, I started to, you know, get these like protein drinks, like the pre-made. And so I'll just drink them on my way to work. And it's just like that, just that small little change in my kind of mentality or of like, of you telling me this and then like just trying to incorporate it just as casual as like driving and drinking that milkshake and it's just like okay man beautiful i'm uh you know i'm now like getting the maximum effect that you were just talking about and it's just like i i i think it does really work i'm glad you definitely uh started trying to practice that and i'm glad you're definitely seeing the effects of it too um so now getting into the meal prepping side of things and uh the reason, the importance why we meal prep, it's all about trying to just make uh, the healthier choices more convenient than the unhealthier choices. You know, I had a, a buddy tell me that and it really stuck with me because let's, let's 
put it this way, like think about fast food. Why is it so popular? I know no food, no food is cheap nowadays, but typically throughout history, you know, fast food is usually pretty cheap, pretty fast, pretty convenient, you know, and it's very uh, simple. You don't have to cook. You don't have to do anything, right? It's, uh, it's the best of every world, right? Except those health factors. And a lot of times the healthier alternative is never going to be cheaper. It's never going to be easier for the most part, you know? And uh, that's uh, just really trying to make the healthier alternatives that much more convenient is just an important step. And that's why we meal prep, you know? We meal prep Most because definitely. we have busy lives and we can make, oh my God, like there's literally a whole meal ready for me in the fridge. I just have to microwave for 45 seconds, you know? Instead of not even thinking about, oh, what do I have to eat, you know? When you practice that, when you can just dedicate one day to just plan a week, like it really makes that next week that much less stressful, does it not? I definitely agree with that, man. But you know, some people, they'll, they'll, their argument will always be, oh, it takes too long to meal prep or blah, blah, blah. I mean, on average, how it long does it take to meal prep? It really doesn't. It takes us, it takes us a long time. It takes us, it really depends. Uh, a lot of times, Ashley will do it on Mondays when I'm working. But when we do do it Sundays, uh, it can take up to a good four four to five hours sometimes on the more longer end of things sometimes it can just take a couple but we usually make two meals lunch and dinner but we always make breakfast lunch and then we'll make sometimes dinner too and then we'll always make a snack or two so we always make these power balls which are my favorite i always recommend that you guys try these out it's very simple very basic ingredient very easy to make uh, you just get some pro uh, protein powder of your choice. And this is actually optional too. You don't need this. And then you get quick oats. You get peanut butter of your choice. Smooth or creamy. Or <laughs> smooth and creamy or crunchy. <laughs> Honey. Smooth and creamy. And then just you can add some chocolate chips in there. You know, some dark chocolate chips to keep it somewhat healthy. And uh, you just mix it all together in a bowl. Then form balls out of them and just put them in the fridge, dude. And they are to die for Packed with protein. I mean, you've, you, you've given me a few of them yeah and we've been working on them and we keep experimenting you know try different flavors try different portions and i love them but uh so yeah it can be time consuming but think of the cleanup process if you're cooking five meal five times a week you're you're preparing for each one and you're cleaning up for each one you're doing the dishes for each one where here you're like it's one cleanup, you know, it's a lot more time consuming. But overall, when you do the math, I feel like the hours are a lot, a lot less with meal prepping. There really is no use if you can make that time for it. Well, I, I already got to say, like, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm kind of flabbergasted. It takes you four hours to meal prep. I know you guys are doing like lunches and dinners and breakfasts and such. So that makes sense. For me, I'm, I'm just doing lunch specifically. And I'm like, it takes me maybe... If I rush it, thirty minutes. If I if I'm pushing it, maybe an hour at the most. Yeah. So it's just like so oh. When I say like you know four to five hours, you know we usually like we'll do the shopping too that day, and uh, again um, it's gonna turn into like not a date, but we try to make it you know a date. Like we know we go to the store. We do we usually do go to different stores. Like make our list beforehand, plan everything out. 
we divide up what I do, what she does, we turn some music on, and we have fun with it, you know, we make a thing out of it. So it takes a little bit longer, but we have more fun that way. And I think it's so it definitely... almost it almost sounds like it's uh it's almost like a uh, almost a fox date. So it's it's like a this fake date of you 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 know of sorts. It's like you you you're doing something together. So We aren't. Again, we're making these healthier choices more more convenient. Like, no, cooking doesn't sound that fun. But when you know, when you turn it, when you turn some music on, when you just get in the right mood with the right person, you know, it can be a, a great time. I love cooking with Ashley. I you know now that I'm thinking about it. With your 75 hard, hasn't, you know, you meal prepping, isn't that like saved you countless Oh, God, money? absolutely, and that, and uh, just not, not going out at all, you know, and just, it really has, and you buy a lot of stuff more at once, you know, and we look for the good deals, you know, we plan around that, you know, and you're sticking the chicken, broccoli, and rice, but I really want to touch on the fact that you don't need to limit yourself to the chicken, broccoli, and rice diet. Yes, it is one of the most popular, and it's definitely one of the most effective. I, I love it, and I love chicken, broccoli, and rice. I can have it all the time, too. And you made I think the point. our audience just You heard can have you it. call me out. No, no, no. Uh, and we can talk about, you know, the different styles of it, you know. We can, like... Ashley does this good, you know, teriyaki style chicken, and you know, you can have orange chicken, broccoli and rice, you know, there's so many different styles to it to make it interesting, but don't limit yourself there, you know, there's other good lean meats that you can have, I always try and incorporate fish, again, fish is more, you know, not something that might not last all week long, but uh, for like, you know, some good meals, I always try to incorporate fish and shrimp and uh, I love my steak and I've definitely cut out a lot of steak, but uh, Top sirloin is the only steak that is considered to be a lean meat, and uh, there's no reason to cut out steak. So if you want, you know, some steak, it's top sirloin, and it's not as expensive. You know, it may not be as savory, it's not as juicy, but cooked right, top, top sirloin can be just as good. So uh, just, you know, you can make some good steak sandwiches. Make uh, You can just get some nice lean beef. That is one of my go-tos, definitely, because there's so many choices there. Um... Ground chicken, you know, you can just start to experiment with other stuff. Uh, another thing that I really like, uh, before before I say this, uh, how's your feelings towards uh, bacon, Nick? Bacon, Bacon. the pig, the pig stuff, the, the, the pig stuff, the good stuff. the good stuff buddy i will tell you right now nine times out of ten i would rather have ham next to my uh, like just my sausage and my eggs and i i like bacon but there are so few people in my life that can ever cook it right that it's just either too burnt or not cooked enough it's got to be somewhere in the middle I completely get where you're coming from there. All I was asking, because like uh, I was a massive like I love bacon. I know bacon's like a love, like it's an all or nothing type of thing. Like it's not like you don't like it, but like people who love bacon love bacon. Like it's something else and. It was my favorite. Like, I would, ah, uh, like, I miss the days of waking up to the smell of bacon, knowing Granny was up there cooking some food. But where I'm getting at here is when I saw, you know, realized I had to make a change with my diet, I had to cut bacon out, and that was a hard one for me. I lended myself to just having it on the weekend, started there, and then we, you know, tried to find the alternative, which is turkey bacon. And, uh, yeah, let me tell you, I was not about it. Uh, 
so far the fact where uh you know we took a bite out of it threw it away and then proceeded to throw the whole pack away because we were not about it but you know i didn't give up on the op i didn't give up of just you know the idea of just giving up bacon you know it's finding some healthier alternatives i've always loved sausage i've always loved ham we're still experimenting and I came across, you know, turkey sausage, and I actually love turkey sausage. Obviously, there's some good brands and bad brands, but I've really, really had an amazing, like, I've thoroughly enjoyed every meal we've had with turkey sausage, breakfast and lunch. Trader Joe's has amazing different turkey sausages for lunch, and they're flavored, you know, they're, yeah, some apple flavored, you know, you have all different varieties, and that's a way you can still eat clean, eat very, you know, healthy, and still have a nice wide variety i you know what more power to you man i i'd, I'd rather just have bacon you know screw I, I i screw the health benefits bacon is just really nice sometimes especially around a sirloin i get that and, i get that yeah so does mushroom and onions but hear me out oh final point that i kind of want to get to that wraps like that kind of ties into everything we've talked with nutrition is your taste buds ever since like yeah like I missed bacon for a while, but I really like the turkey sausage grew on me. And again, we still have ham and stuff, uh, but my taste buds have changed to the point where like, I can't even have heavy stuff like that, like bacon. Not that I've tried it again, but I know I couldn't because we have tried to make other like, you know, like not cheap meals, but you know, a little like we've been going so hard. It's you have to give yourself rewards still, even when you're full sending it. So, uh, we were trying to make an orange chicken meal that was pretty healthy and ended up just being too hard on our stomachs, whatever. Uh, and uh, just, I am to the point now where I don't even think, want, or enjoy bacon. I, can't I remember, I remember you telling me about this too. <laughs> it is crazy how much your taste buds change when you commit yourself to cutting out those processed foods. Like... I I I smell fast food and I'm not about it. Like it just, I know it would destroy my stomach. We literally experimented and tried for the first time to have something, uh, a little you know, uh, a little uh, harder on the stomach. But we're trying to take baby steps because you know we have a vacation going coming up at the end of this challenge as a reward, and I don't want us to not be able to eat out at all there. So, uh, we tried to have some catfish, some homemade catfish, uh, about my grandma. It was breaded and cooked it, and it was, it tore me up. I was up all night long in the toilet, and I can't handle, like, I can't even handle any type of grease whatsoever anymore, and I thoroughly enjoy, like, I can't believe, like, as you said, like, I love, like, I love chicken, broccoli, and rice. Like, I love the healthy, simple foods. Yeah, man. I'm a, have you, I don't know, there's this, there's this chart going around on the internet. It was a, it was something that like back in grade school that showed you where your taste buds were. And I was thinking about it and I was like, I remember this. And it was like on the left side of your tongue, you had like, that's where your sweet taste buds are. And on the right side is where your sour taste buds are, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I go on TikTok and I'm like, this guy debunks it, and it's like, anybody remember this chart? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And it's like, yeah, it's a complete lie, and it broke my like internal like memory of that moment. And I was like, oh, I've been lied to my entire life. And it's just like your taste buds are just this conglomerate of just randomosity, where it's like, oh, here's sour, here's sweet, here's 
blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I thought that was really cool. And I thought I'd share that with you. Well, I appreciate you. Luckily, I wasn't, I wasn't part of that crowd who did uh, see those charts. So I really am not too sure what you're talking about, but I am uh, glad you informed me about that. It is, it's just, taste buds are crazy how they work. And touching on, while we're on the topic of taste buds, like, it's crazy how you can train them to like stuff you don't like. Like, I grew up, I wasn't too picky as a kid, but there was, you know, definitely some few things that I didn't like. And I was told if you eat, if you try something 12 times, you'll like it. And I don't know if that holds true, but I Yeah, I've, I've heard that like too. Something I don't like, I take one bite of it every time. And there's so many things I hated as a kid that I like now, just because I forced myself to try it once every time I see it. Uh, crab rangoon, Brussels sprouts, onions. Oh, uh, Brussels sprouts. Yeah, I'm still uh, not a biggest fan, but I can eat them. Asparagus, never like that. It really is crazy how much you can train them and enjoy eating these foods. Like, and you well, don't but, have to force yourself to eat all these unhealthy stuff. Just a bite every once in a while, and you will like a, your taste buds adapt over time. No, I believe you, man. I'm, I'm just thinking right now. Like, if you could taste the rainbow, would you feel the rainbow? You know, because like, what's a rainbow even taste like on your taste buds? I'm all, all my brain correlates is uh, some airhead strips right now. So I can't, I can't help you out there. I'm just tasting that or Skittles. I don't know what it would taste like. Airhead tastes like plastic to me. I can't even. I can't even. Even the sour strips. Oh, dude! Even the sour strips. I was always more of a fruit by the roll up guy. And you just shoved it in your mouth, and it was like processed rubber to you. I I liked all of them, but I don't think about that stuff anymore, Nick. Oh, I know you're too healthy for us here on the channel with your seventy-five hard. Try not to. That's at least uh, avoid the temptations. But honestly, temptations don't even bother me at this point. I just see them as another mental challenge that I just easily pass, and I love it. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. Now, I think uh, we're getting close to the end here, and we should definitely kind of wrap up part one and part two here. So if you had to summarize it, Jack, how would you just, you know, like a little 30-second snippet, how would you summarize all of this? So we we spent the first half talking about, you know, the different principles of uh, fitness, how you should have a proper balance of all these different styles. And uh, the second part was definitely more about nutrition. But overall, it's all about, you know, building a solid foundation, taking your time when you're working through your fitness journey, building all these healthy habits one by one, starting small, you know, again, just small, subtle steps, just make small, implicate, slow process is slow progress is good progress. And I know that's not all, but it definitely is uh, something I would let sink in. And uh, just remember, like, it starts small, like just building small little habits, just like, you know, trying to avoid those simple, you know, nightly uh, temptations, or again, just making the healthier alternatives that much more convenient. I know it's possible. I don't think it was at one point, but it was. And it's like, it does get easier and easier. And it's just crazy how your perception changes. Like, I did not see myself where I am today, like, especially at 21, like, literally when I turned 21, I was wanting to, you know, just drink and go out and I was still working on my health. But like, I wasn't 
nearly as focused on the nutrition aspect of it as I was. And I was just upset with how stagnant my growth was. And now here I am, you know, seeing how easy it is and how satisfied I am with eating chicken, broccoli, and rice and these simple meals with just a little bit of seasoning, you know. I'm not taking the drastic steps of, you know, cutting out all of them, but it's just small changes, man. Small changes and just staying positive and true to yourself. Like, as long as you're taking these small changes and each day doing something to help yourself, feel good with where you're at, you know? You gotta just self-reflect each day and realize where you're at so you can see the growth you've come. If you don't self-reflect, how are you supposed to see how far you've come? Most definitely, man. You're you're on a you're on a soapbox right there, man. I love that. That was a that was real powerful. I would like to end this soapbox with uh, you leaving our our uh, listeners with one of your favorite quotes of all time. That's always stuck with me, and it's uh it's just something to do with that finish line we're all trying to reach here with our fitness goal. Which uh, oh that, that one. Uh, if you didn't know where the finish line was. How far would you go? That was given to me by my, uh, oh, what grade was that? That was seventh grade, Miss Harper, I believe. And then she was also my eighth grade teacher. Yeah, Yeah, that was the one teacher we shared. And we get old Miss Harper. Oh, God. Miss Harper. Memories. It's a powerful statement right there. Again, there is no end to this fitness journey. There's only that beginning. And again, the middle is not consistent and isn't, but if if you didn't know how far it was, how far would you go? And hopefully that, that answer is pretty far, guys. I hope you enjoyed uh, our podcast. I know it's, we went over a lot. And again, guys, just stay true to yourselves. Just uh, take it easy. And just remember, guys, it starts with small steps. I'll see you exactly. guys in the next one. All right. Peace, y'all. Y'all have a good one.